Welcome to the Variety Hour, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mouth. I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough. Listening to you talk that stuff. Talk Memphis, oh Welcome to Talk Money. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, today it's hard to imagine without the street ministries and Memphis Athletic Ministries or Christ Community Health Services. But in 1987, they were all ideas that had not yet been realized. Well, today, these organizations and ministries all over the city of Memphis trace their roots in one way or another to the Memphis Leadership Foundation. Dr. Larry Lloyd, President and Ramsey Clark, Director of Development, are both here in the studio to help us understand what is happening in Memphis and how you can be a part. Also coming up in the second half of the program, this time of the year we see dozens of storms make their way through the Mid-South doing damage to people's homes. We see car accidents. And you know what? It just happens. We live in Memphis. Where are, what are some of the issues to consider when you're filing a home insurance claim or your automobile insurance claim? My guests, Shannon Dyson, Dane Williams, will help with our car and homeowners questions that you have when you're filing a claim. From our Did You Know files, recently the Nielsen Total Audience Report stated that in a survey during the first quarter of this year, four hours and 46 minutes is the average time Americans age 18 and older spend time watching television each day. Can you believe that? I mean, four hours and 46 minutes. I guarantee you I'd lower that quite a bit when it looks at my, my television time. The Dow Jones Industrial Average and the S&P 500 index both hit new record highs last week. And as investors have focused on positive economic news and looked past the ongoing trade issues. Well, if the current U.S. economic expansion lasts through July of 2019, it will be the longest expansion in the history of the United States. That's at 121 months in length. That comes first from the National Bureau of Economic Research. From the Wall Street Journal, Journal the Consumer Index says to us that it's hit an all-time hit 18-year record in September. That's a positive sign going into the Holiday Shopping Center as robust job growth and a strong economic outlook bolstered Americans' expectations for the future. There's just something positive going on with the economy. If you have questions for Talk Money, send them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. To find today's program on podcast or past programs, go to iTunes and search for Shoemaker Financial. Like us on Facebook also. We'd appreciate it. Coming up, Larry Lloyd, Ramsey Clark from the Leadership Foundation, Shannon Dyson, Dane Williams, how to select and buy and how to file that claim on your homeowners and on your automobile insurance. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to KWAM 990 and FM 107. This is Talk Money. Podcasts of Talk Money are available in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with more Talk Money after this. Neither Shoemaker Financial nor Securing Financial Services are affiliated with Memphis Leadership Foundation, Larry Lloyd, or Ramsey Clark. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker.
And welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. I have with me in the studio today Dr. Larry Lord, president and founder of Memphis Leadership Foundation, along with Ramsey Clark, director of development. And we're talking about an organization that has been equipping and empowering the urban leaders, grassroots urban leaders, to transform lives and communities in Memphis. Guys, welcome to the program. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Well, you know, guys, let me talk about this, Larry, because one of the biggest things that I know you guys do, you have a board of about 23 members, you've been focused. How long has Memphis Leadership Foundation been in existence? Well, we started in 87, so 31 years. 31 years. Now, you know, and I have to say this to you personally, and I'll say it on the air, a lot of people spend their lifetimes building treasures for here on earth, and you have been basically dedicated your life to building treasures in heaven. You're effectively affecting people in the in Memphis. Well, that's that's what I try to do. Yep. So for I spent six years in L.A. Uh, getting my doctoral studies done, but all those other years in Memphis, right here, my hometown. And this is where you have really been kind of uh, the shoe leather on the ground, day in and day out, having an impact. And it's not. I mean, and when I think about it, we mentioned as we got through was going through this street ministries that everybody knows that Memphis athletic ministries, and of course Christ Community Health Services. But those were just peoples in their imaginations back in 1987. Today, they're pillars of the community. But you've been doing a lot of other things. You've got some new programs going on. That's Tell right. me a little bit about what's going on different. So uh, sometimes I like liken us to the um, uh, venture capital for nonprofits, right, the incubator. So okay. people have ideas like Ken Bennett with Streets or uh, uh, four young doctors with Christ Community had an idea and so we like to say we put wheels or on those ideas to make them to make them run. Uh, some new things we we have going on. Uh, one of the economic opportunities we've been actually working with reentry um, of ex offenders since 1991, but we sort of reinvented that in the last uh, 12 months. Um, and so it's going. I mean, it's going gangbusters. Uh, Barnhart Crane and Riggin has been our main partner uh, for a number of years. Uh, where they actually hire ex-offenders uh, on on-job training uh, after they go through our training, and that's been a great partnership. But we could never figure out why we couldn't get other businesses to do what Barnhart has done. And what we came on is that the key to the ex-offender reentry is what we call a shepherd. And so, if if a guy coming out of prison or a halfway house hasn't worked in four or five years, and in some cases, men have been locked up for twenty years. And they come out, you can't just give them, you know, do soft skills training, how to do an interview and set them out on a job. They last maybe one or two days. The key is we send a shepherd with a cohort of six. So we have six men and then the shepherd who's really a life coach, mentor, uh, pastor. And many of our ex, uh, many of our shepherds are ex-offenders who have turned their lives around. These are all believers who then pour their lives into six men. We chose six because Jesus had 12. He lost one, so we figured we got six is okay. <laughs> That's good. And so we have a number of businesses now in Memphis that we really appreciate working with us. Uh, the Bryce Corporation, uh, Turner Construction, Standard Construction. Um, it looks like we're, we're going to start with a cohort with Webfer Marine and Lehman Roberts. Um, so we love these, we really appreciate these companies willing to take a risk with ex-offenders who want to put their life back together. And that's impacting that family. It's impacting Absolutely. that individual community. community and all those things that really, that's the really the, the essence of Memphis Leadership Foundation. That's right. That's right. So uh, so ex- the, the economic opportunities, if you have a business, and, and right now, of course, with a tight labor market, it's kind of a perfect storm. People need employees. 
We've got solid employees that show up at work every morning on time with the shepherd. He's not their supervisor. The businesses have those supervisor. But a lot of time, these ex-offenders need a translator, a liaison, someone who understands the culture of the corporation that can then translate that to the ex-offender. How long does that shepherd stay with them? I mean, six months, six months. And then hopefully, you know, in the army, you muster out. Hopefully after six months, they muster into a, a regular job. It turns out that most of the time, the companies that have these men end up hiring them after the six months. Oh, that's great. So if you're interested and want to know more about this Economic Opportunities, the Ex-Offender Program, you can talk to Larry or, you you know, Ramsey, anybody. Just simply give them a telephone call at 729-2931. That's Memphis Leadership Foundation, 729-2931. One of the programs that, that I find that I, I really like because it is a... It is a, a, a program that in Memphis, we just have to face the reality. It's real. The 901 Block Squad. Give us that description. So several years ago, uh, you remember Bloom, uh, uh, Mayor Bloomberg left the, uh, the mayor and, and started a foundation. Right. And cities could compete for money. Memphis got uh, a pretty good sum of money from the Bloomberg Foundation. And uh, at that time, Mayor Wharton uh, looked at a program in L.A., that's very similar to the 901 Block Squad. It's gang intervention. Uh, and so Delvin Lane is the executive director who used to be with Streets. So Delvin runs the 901 Block Squad. And basically, it is a gang intervention program. It's not part of the police. It's an independent uh, organization. We manage it on behalf of the city of Memphis. Uh, and there's 18 men and women who are primarily ex-gang members who have turned their lives around who then uh, go to hot spots when they and these guys are on the streets. They know everything's going on because they're all ex uh, gang members, so they know something's going down in South Memphis, something going down in Frazier. And so, uh, if there's any gun violence, they're the first ones on the scene, not as police, but as someone to try to calm down the situation because they're trusted. Uh, so it's been a it, we've seen gang violence go down in every area. Right now, they're involved in Frazier, South Memphis, and Orange Mound are the three target areas. With 18 people. Why Why do you see that as being so effective? Is it because they're ex-offenders? Is it because they, they know the area? What What could you say is the one thing that really... Uh, so the one thing that drives all our leadership foundations around the world is over 40 of us, Africa, India, Central America, U.S., we're incarnational. What I mean by that is Jesus and John 1.14, uh, John tells us that the Word became flesh and as Eugene Peterson said, moved into the neighborhood. Moved into the neighborhood. So Jesus entered our world. We entered their world. So that, what makes them effective is these men and women, and, and there's more and more women joining gangs, uh, but these men and women know the streets, they are in the streets, and they're trusted. Any, any ministry that is not incarnational, I mean, we're just, we're, just, we're just sold out on incarnational witness. You've got to be where people are. You can't, programs don't do anything. It's people that change the lives of people and not programs. If you just tuned in, my guests today, Ramsey Clark and Larry Lord, Dr. Larry Lord, we're talking to them about the Memphis Leadership Foundation. They're having an impact. They've been here since 1987. If you recognize the Christ Community Health Center, Memphis Athletic 
ministries or street ministries, one that I'm sure you've heard about. These are organizations that were just figments of somebody's imagination in 1987. Well, actually, Dr. Lord's imagination and a few other men had put together and ladies that came together. And the impact is consistently being one that Christ is honored. As you talk about incarnational, immediately when I thought about that, I'm saying, well, Christ in me I step into the community taking that. I am the hands, the feet of my witness is about being yeah, Christ-centered. You know, Paul said it so so beautifully in 1 Corinthians that you are the body of Christ. Individually, members, you have different gifts and abilities, but together we are that body of Christ. And so I like to say that incarnation with the capital I happened one time in history. That's the incarnation right. continues through his body, that is the church, the those church. who follow Christ. And so the incarnation is not over, it's continuing. And that's how we need to live our lives. That's a, that's a great way of looking at it. Well, Memphis Leadership Foundation doesn't just happen out of sheer sweat and blood and all the things. There is somebody that's behind all that. And he's with us, Ramsey Clark, the Director of Development. Ramsey, let me ask you this. It doesn't just happen because Larry comes into the office and says, I got this idea. Somebody has got to help it put together the, the financial side. And that's your responsibility. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah, really, uh, Jim, I, my uh, responsibility is to get out in the community, uh, talk to groups, talk to individuals, talk to foundations uh, uh, and corporations. Those are really our core uh, focal points and really um, bring them up to speed. A lot of people do not connect Memphis Leadership Foundation with streets and MAM and Christ Community Health Services. So uh, when I'm able to get in there and uh, say, well, you know what, we're, you know, we're really better known for those ministries that we've created, and I give them two or three, they go, yeah, 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 I know them, but I didn't know the connectivity That's right. between MLF. And, and making that connectivity uh, really uh, kind of opens the discussion. And, and also, I think, you know, I'm very intentional about saying, uh, and I even had this conversation with you, that, uh, you know, thank you for supporting these ministries. We, we really appreciate, we hope you continue to do that. But my job is really to raise resources for Memphis Leadership Foundation so we can continue to create the next generation of nonprofits. That's exactly, that's the whole program. Larry, you had mentioned, and I appreciate what Ramsey's doing. I mean, Ramsey, in my opinion, sometimes it's the hard job because he's got to raise dollars. He's out there. You're doing the same thing. But it's only because of that vision and as God leads and pushes you in the direction and, and put, you've got a new program called Program. It's, it's, it's one to talk about that program capacity. It's a building fund program. Yeah, so uh, we used to incubate ministries in the early days. Just the board of directors, MLF, myself, we just raised money to get it going. Right. So somebody you know, come to us with an idea and said, we got to start this thing. We say, well, we got $50,000 to get you going. Well, the recession knocked all that out Yeah. because donations went south. And so we covered everyone's cash flow for about three years and finished in deficit. So nobody would have to uh, stop doing ministry. So that sort of, uh, and over the next several, over the last several years, we've been able to build back up a, a decent reserve. 
But I decided instead of just going out and raising money for a new idea, we would put together the first and only that I'm aware of nonprofit loan fund. So we actually make loans for people to get started so they don't they don't have to have another job. You know, a great example would have been uh, uh, Restore Corps is a great example. Uh, 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 Rachel Haga is the director and they they rescue girls out of sex trafficking here mm-hmm. in Memphis. Well, Rachel had this idea. And but she was waiting tables as a, and you know she was on while wow, she's on the mission field and first then she came back to Memphis and she knew this and she was involved in intervening sex trafficking in Indonesia. So when she came back to Memphis, she realized a big problem here. So she had this idea, start this ministry, you know. But she was waiting tables. Mm-hmm. And if we had had the loan fund, because we were able to get her a six hundred thousand dollar grant from the from the state of Tennessee for sex trafficking intervention, but. Until we got that grant, she was at their table. Well, we could have started her on staff with a, a loan fund of $25,000. She could have gotten started, quit the job at the restaurant, put her board together, and get going. So it's really a gap funding. It's an innovation or incubation funding. Uh, but it will be based on a zero-interest loan rather than cash, which we think is more sustainable. So we were in the process of raising about four hundred thousand dollars to get that going, and we're up to. I can see yeah. why that's so critical because you can, the person you're loaning it, and there's there's an obligation, obviously, and it's kind of they're paying it back for the next one. You that's right. So it's kind of moving through, and you're you're the conduit as God opens doors. You're seeing that money come through. The, you, I'm I'm sure if we go back to 1987, the amount of dollars that have flown through. Memphis Leadership Foundation. I don't even want to know the number. You probably don't know the number. But that's what I think is so important for people to understand as a conduit, as as you're incubating, you're teaching. What I so much appreciate, too, is that you're a a mentor for mm-hmm. multiple ministries here in the city where they can come along and let them, like you or people with the Memphis Leadership Foundation, Teach them how to run a ministry. That doesn't just happen. You know, you don't wake up one day and say, you may be given the, the heart side and say, I'm called to do this. Then you got to be equipped, and that's the yeah. equipping. Yeah, so we do a couple formal programs. One's, one called, is called the Urban Arrow. It's a year-long or nine-month program, and it's on nonprofit management and leadership. And then we do a whole nine-month series on uh, fundraising called Transformational Giving. So for years and years, we did this informally, just mentoring. I had a lunch with everybody. And so we formalized it about five, six years ago into these two programs. And about we've had about 80 uh, nonprofit leaders go through Urban Arrow, and then we've had over probably about 90 go through Transformational Giving. If you want to know more about Memphis Leadership Foundation, you're new to Memphis or you've been kind of in the sidelines and God's touching your heart and you want to know more, let me give you a telephone number, 729-2931. Or you can go to just simply go to Facebook.com, Memphis Leadership Foundation. That's easy. Or you can touch these guys with their email addresses, Larry at MLF online, MLF online.org or Ramsey at MLF online.org. Guys, this is so critical for what we're talking about. This is having an impact in our city. You know, I know a lot of people that have the ability to write a big check. And you, you know, people sometimes will say, well, I'll write a check. I just don't want to get, I, I, I'm going to, this is my paraphrase. They don't say this. This is how I say, I don't want to get my hands dirty. How can they see the benefit of what you do without getting their hands dirty? Well, I say this all the time, particularly in our Transformation Giving series, 
uh, I want the check with, I want the hand that writes the check because I do believe and still believe that only people change people. Money's necessary for these organizations to, to uh, succeed, but I think what we've done, we've, we have raised up a generation our age, the right. boomers, right. and those older than us have been taught to write checks. That's what you do as a good Christian and as a good citizen. You write checks to philanthropy or whatever. The new generation, the generations behind us, the Xers and millennials are not content with that at all. They want to change the world. They're not content with the rights. They want to get involved. We, so I want, I want uh, you know, the Bible says, Jesus says, where your treasure is there, where your heart is. He wasn't saying uh, give more money so your heart follows. He's making a statement of fact. You follow your treasure, that's where your heart is. That's right. I want people's heart. I want them to love the city like I love the city. I want them to love the poor, the marginalized, the women that are caught up in the sex trafficking. These are, these are daughters of people that have gone through abuse or a divorce. It's not what you think. It's not, these, are not, these are not immigrants from some other country that are being sexed. These are our own children right. that are caught up in this. Um, these ex-offenders, you know, a drug charge. Uh, a, a fit of passion, and they want to put their lives back together. They can only do that when it's life on life, mm. life on life. So I, I want, you know, we need checks, but I'd rather have the hand with the check. If the hand comes with the heart, the checks always follow. Yeah, that's that's the key. When Once you're involved, then you begin to get really right. involved. Ramsey, if somebody wanted to contact you, could they get you to come to their organization or share with them their church or something? How would they do that? Yeah, really, uh, at our website, uh, Jim, www.mlfonline.org, uh, under leadership, they'll see all of my contact information, and I love doing that. Uh, I talk to uh, corporations. I talk to uh, groups, individuals. Uh, so, yeah, that that would uh, be the way to do it. And just as a kind of tag on what Larry said to your question, you know, even if the boomers don't want to get their hands dirty, I'm finding more and more often they may have family foundations set up and they're saying, Ramsey, how do I get my kids? You know, my wife and I, we're all about this, but we'd like to pass that legacy on to my, my kids. Uh, no question. No and, question. And we're happy. I'll introduce them to ministries and kind of do that hand And off. it's one of the things that I like about Memphis Leadership Foundation. You just about can go to that smorgasbord and find one that fits. That's right. It's not just one ministry. It's a multiple ministry. Equipping and empowering grassroots urban leaders to transform lives and communities in your hometown, Memphis, Tennessee. Guys, thanks so much for being a part of today's program. And I want to make sure, Larry, if you had one thing to let our listeners know at the end of the show, what would you say to them? Love your city, love your neighbor, and above all things, love God. Amen. Amen. Thanks for being with us, guys. We'll be back in just a minute. We've got more coming up. I've got Shannon Dyson, Dane Williams. We're going to talk about issues that you have when you file your homeowner's insurance or you've had that accident and you got to figure out what to do there. Stay with us. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to Talk Money. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. Jim Shoemaker is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Securian Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. 
Well, if you were tuned in a few minutes ago, I was talking with Larry Lloyd and Ramsey Clark with the Memphis Leadership Foundation, and I want to make sure you have that telephone number, 729-2931, 729-2931, or you can go and just simply type Larry an email or Ramsey an email, Larry at MLFonline.org. Larry at MLFonline.org, O-R-G, or Ramsey at MLFonline.org. Reach out, touch them, make sure that you get involved with your community. That's the impact. That's how we're going to change the city, and they've been doing it. They've got tons of experience. You do not want to miss your opportunity. Maybe you're being called to do that. Maybe that's just simply something you had not thought about. Give them a call. That's Larry Lord and Ramsey Clark, Memphis Leadership Foundation. In the studio with me now, we're going to talk about something we all face once or twice, maybe maybe longer, more than that, but we have that insurance claim, and I have with me Dane Williams and Shannon Dyson from the Shoemaker Insurance Division of our company, and we've got these guys because we have so many issues and so many questions about what do I do when I've got a claim, or how do I know I'm buying the proper insurance. Guys, welcome to the program. Thanks for having us back. You know, uh, guys, this is one of the biggest issues that I think people have. We know that in our city, in our state, that basically if you're driving down Poplar Avenue, at any given time, one in five, 20% of the people that you're driving, the car next to you could possibly not be insured. And that's a concern for a lot of people. So with that in understanding that, carrying appropriate coverage, if you don't have that person to hit you that is insured, you've got to cover the whole thing by yourself. Give me some insights into that, Shannon, because with one in five drivers in Tennessee, nearly one in four, that's 20% in, 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 uh, 25% in Mississippi not carrying insurance at all, this could really be a problem. That's a scary proposition. I mean, if you think about driving and one in five cars are not insured, um, we don't think about that a lot of times. We think about, well, if there's an accident, um, my insurance will deal with the other person's insurance and they'll get it all worked out. Claims will be paid and we'll move on. But you're really telling me that that, that more people than not don't have a, the proper amount of coverage. Dane, you're doing a lot of this. When you're talking to a lot of people today, I know you're spending a lot of time with clients where you're working through with people at the office, and you're discovering a, a lot of people that thought or think they've got the proper amount of coverage, and they don't. What's what's that issue about? Yeah, it's, it's pretty scary because when you think about uh, those that don't have insurance, that one in five that you mentioned, but whenever you raise that stat to include people that are underinsured, you get closer to 50% of the cars on the road are underinsured or uninsured completely. Uh, and that's just a scary proposition to realize that you may be having to come out of pocket or your insurance company will be having to come out of pocket for an accident that you maybe didn't even cause. You could have just been a, an innocent bystander that was here that happened to get looped into an accident that you wanted no part of. Does that leave a person, if I, you know, I know in each insurance carriage are different, but if you have this, this idea behind your, your vehicle's damaged, and the coverage that you have, maybe you think everything's okay, but if that person is underinsured or not insured, Shannon, does that create a problem on on let's say it happens to me. Somebody runs into me or you know, and they're underinsured or not insured. 
is I know my insurance company's got to pick up my, they're going to fix my vehicle, but does that create a problem for me in the future? Well, it could create a couple of problems. So if, if someone hits you and let's just say they are uninsured um, and you did not have high enough limits or you did not have high enough limits on yourself, on your own car, on your own automobile, uh, you've been paying insurance, but your coverages just were not adequate. Um, you could have a, a situation where your coverage is not enough to replace your car or, or fix the damages. You may not have enough property damage insurance. Uh, or what if you have, end up in the hospital um, and the other person did not have uh, insurance? Your liability coverage is kicking in. But if you didn't have this looked at or, or know that you had the proper coverage, your coverage might not be adequate to pay for all of your doctor bills. All right, that that's that that puts a burden on me to just go back and look at my own insurance. And you know what happens, and I, I'm guilty of this, and you guys have really helped me uh, be more aware when we decided that this needed to be a division of the company because we were seeing this in the in the clients that we were working with that they were underinsured or not insured. We always kind of covered it, but we always said go back and talk. But now you guys have really helped us dive into this, and we're seeing people that haven't really looked at their coverage in five, ten years. It just renews. It's just an automatic. They, that's a problem. Yeah, it is. I had a guy just last week. He had been with his carrier for 30 years. I uh, hadn't really looked at it at all. His life had changed drastically. He had uh, two kids in college that were on his insurance now. He had two uh, two teenagers that were going to be driving soon, and he's still operating under the same limits and everything that he started with 30 years ago. And just life has changed too much, and, and your insurance policy needs to change with you. You know, and I think just for us to make sure we understand that's an example, and that's uh, not hypothetical. That is somebody. But the reality is we're not trying to say that, that you could be like that. We're just simply saying that you need to take the time to review and understand what kind of coverage you have and make sure you're doing that. I mean, hypothetically, you could be uninsurable, uninsured and not have enough, not uninsurable, but not under, underinsured. And uh, then you find out the hard way. You find out with an accident. Well, if you, you know, if you if you're with a carrier and you've been there for, let's just say, five, six, seven years, um, it's very nice when you get a call from your agent if he calls and says, hey, you know, your increase was about 10 percent, but we can get that down if we just change your coverages a little bit. Uh, and so you make those changes, and you, you stay with the same insurance carrier. Because you didn't want to pay the 10%. You didn't want to pay the 10%. You didn't want to go through the, pro- the process of changing insurance carriers. And so you really don't take the time to say, okay, how are those changes in coverage that you're making? Obviously, it's a little bit cheaper price. How is that affecting me on the coverage level? And you could find yourself in a situation where uh, Dane's client was, where they're just underinsured at that point. That's a real problem. When we come back, I want to take a break. But when we come back, I want to talk about what happens... If you have an accident and all of a sudden you find that maybe you're that underinsured, but you've caused an injury and it can be, you know, whether it's a bad injury or, or, you know, whatever, that's not the point. But what happens if you've caused an accident and the injury is in your, your, you've created an injury and you find out that you're underinsured? How big of that problem is that? So if you just tuned in, my guest right now in the studio, Shannon Dyson, Dane Williams, and we're talking about issues that we all have. We all, I mean, I'm talking to people that have homeowners coverage. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. But your car insurance, being underinsured, or literally driving in Memphis and finding out that one out of five are not insured motorists, that's a problem. You need to make sure you know what you're doing there. How do you file a claim? We'll talk a little bit about that. But while we're talking, let me make sure you're not doing this. Do not text. 
because you could be the next victim on a car accident. Stay with us. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to Talk Money. If you have questions you'd like to have answered on the program, email them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. History is never totally free of myth and legend, and this is certainly true of Hernando de Soto. It is commonly said that de Soto discovered the Mississippi River on May 8, 1541, somewhere near the city of Memphis. There are several problems with this. To begin with, we really aren't sure exactly where along the Mississippi River this occurred. European geographers and cartographers already knew about the existence of the Mississippi River, so Hernando de Soto did not really discover the river. It is also important to remember that Native American tribes in the vicinity had been navigating the river for centuries. Still, de Soto and his traveling soldiers were extremely significant because they were the first Europeans to venture that far north and east into the North American continent. Today, there is a park in Memphis called de Soto Park to mark the legendary discovery. Although a monument states that he stood there to see the river, we will never know if this ever actually happened. This has been another Mid-South History Moment brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon as research or investment advice regarding any funds or stocks in particular, nor should it be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell security. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, we're talking about accidental insurance, that is insurance that when you have an accident, it creates a problem because you need to make sure it's going to pay. And uh, the reality is some of us are underinsured, underinsured. And we're talking about that with Shannon Dyson and Dane Williams. They're the guys in our office that represent the insurance division and uh, property and casualty. If you've got a question for them, give them a call at 757-5757. What I want to make sure that, guys, you guys are involved with people not just at the time of when you sell something, when you help them purchase something, but at the after the sale. That's so critical. Uh, that's that's what I think people forget. I mean, sometimes you 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 just and I guess that's our philosophy. That is our is our mandate is making sure we're touching people, reviewing. You mentioned it, Shannon. You get that ten percent increase in your policy. Sure, maybe figuring out, but making sure that you know because what you guys do is you're looking at. The other side of the aisle over here with the advisor working through the financial strategies that they're doing, and you're looking at it from what you're protecting from the insurance side, which is the risk management side of anybody's portfolio, managing the two of those together. Yeah, we want to be a part of the, not just a part of the the sell of the product to the client, but also a part of a solution if something happens with that client. They have to file a claim. Um, I'm coming from a group benefits background. I've been in that for over 17 years. And part of the process of that is, yes, we go out and we sell a product, but when the employees have a claim or they need help or need assistance on where do I go, what do I do, we want them to feel free to call us, and that's the philosophy we bring to this department. And that is so critical and so important at Shoemaker Insurance Solutions. Now, guys, we were talking earlier about that accidental, you know, you have the accident, you've created, it's your fault, there's an injury that's caused by this accident, and, you know, it's a problem. So I want you to help me understand that, you know, that when you have that accident, bodily injury, it can get, 
immediately out of control. Yeah, one of the one of the reasons we talk about making sure your coverage levels are adequate. Um, a lot of times we feel like if we have an accident, maybe we cause an accident, and God forbid we put somebody in the hospital and they have medical bills. Um, we kind of think, well, they have a deductible, you know, probably maybe five, maybe ten thousand dollar deductible. So my my liability coverage limits are fine. They can cover that. And the reality of the situation is, is that doesn't get filed with insurance. And so when someone goes into the hospital and they are going to make a claim against you for liability or insurance carrier for liability coverage, um, you're getting the full cost of those charges: hospital charges, uh, X-rays, uh, MRIs, CAT scans. Um, and if you've ever looked at a bill before it's insur- uh, discounted by insurance, you'll see that those bills can rack up pretty quickly. Um, and so there's just no way of knowing how high those bills could go. Mm. So it's not their insurance that picks up. It's your insurance that picks it's up. Your, it's, it's your auto insurance. And it's, it has nothing to do at that point with health insurance. You know, I had this to happen. And, uh, you know, this was an issue years ago where I accidentally, and I was not texting, I wouldn't do anything. I just ran into the back of somebody, okay? I thought they were turning, they didn't, and it was my fault. I got the ticket. And, you know, and again, uh, bad deal, okay? Nobody was hurt, I didn't think. I drove away. The lady, you know, the lady that I ran into the back of drove away. And I, you know, I thought that was fine. Okay, a year later, I get this four o'clock in the morning knock on my door. By the way, that'll wake you up, you know, (laughs) knock on the door, four o'clock in the morning. Nice uniformed guy says, are you Jim Shoemaker? Yes, he says, welcome, you've been served. And I had a summons. I had a it was a it was a lawsuit against me for that accident. Well, I said, okay, no problem. I called the insurance company and uh, I told them what was going on. And I had it was a stack of about an inch thick of paper and I got it to my insurance company, the claims people. And I get this nice phone call that comes back and said, you know, your liability coverage is up to this amount. You might want to hire you an attorney because you're going to need it. I mean, you talk about a wake-up call. Yeah. I thought, you know, my liability coverage is more than enough. I sure. don't have any problems here. And I, it was the reality was that, you know, my liability was X, and the lawsuit was for Y, right. which was substantially higher. And all they were saying is, we will, we will hire our attorney. But you've got a liability above that. You need to hire your own attorney. Yeah, and the, so we we had the same issue. My my lovely wife had, had a wreck, and uh, there was a little bit of an injury, not much. Um, just to kind, of, this is just an example to show you how high those charges can go. Uh, this was this was a wreck that the the other person went into the emergency room. Uh, what did not stay was not admitted to the hospital, but had plenty of tests run, and then did some physical therapy afterwards. And they needed to. And they needed to. Absolutely, Absolutely. No they question. needed to. There's no there's no question that she had a neck injury. She needed to get that done. My point in saying that is that it was she was there less than two hours in the emergency room and did about fifteen physical therapy visits and so forth, and other tests. Fifty five thousand dollars was the the amount that was paid against our insurance carrier some ten eleven years ago. So think about how prices of medical care has increased from there, and then you understand why you need to make sure that your liability limits are maybe you need to check them at least. Once every couple of years. A couple of years. I know in my case, uh, to to give you the end of the story, I hired an attorney and uh, eventually, you know, I actually, the insurance company settled and went on and I never heard anything else about it. But I tell you what it did. It made me realize that I needed to make sure that that whatever limits I had, they needed to be higher Mm -hmm. because one case can be devastating to you. Dane, when you're meeting with someone and you're going through that process, what are some of the thoughts that you go through? What are some of the things that you're trying to help the 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 person to understand about their automobile insurance? 
Yeah, the big thing is just understanding the risk that they're exposed to out there. Whenever you have someone that's got a new driver that's moving into the uh, that's uh, in the house and they're going to be driving, or you've got a boat, you've got some toys. These are just extra risk that you're exposing yourself to to where someone could get hurt, where something could go wrong. Uh, you have the the best intentions. You don't think anyone's going to get hurt. Uh, no one ever does. But when that happens, you want to make sure that you've got the coverage that's in place that's going to be able to cover you, and it's not going to make all of the other financial planning that you've been doing go completely out the window. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Well, guys, we talk about storms in Memphis. I mean, hailstorms, windstorms, all those issues that go through in the Mid-South doing damage to people's homes in this process. So what are some of the things that you need to consider when you're filing homeowner's insurance? The best thing to understand is just what does your policy cover? Uh, A standard homeowner's policy usually has 16 perils that it's going to cover, and that's your fire, your wind, your hail, theft, your normal things that you you see covered there. But there's also some obscure things. You'll have volcanic eruption in there and falling objects, riots that are listed uh, in the insurance policy. But if it doesn't fall under those 16 perils, then it's not covered. Uh, So understanding what your policy is going to cover is going to be huge. And then from there, starting to see what risk are you exposed to in the area that you live in uh, and are you covered? You know, Dane, you, you, I appreciate you so much because of the the way you approach this. I, I think of people in general You've got you've got that person who can read that contract, that insurance contract, and absolutely knows everything they know. They can read it one time, and they've got it. They got that photographic memory, and they understand it. Then you have that other person over here that could read it a hundred times, and they're just not going to get it. Now that's the two extremes. Sure. Most of us fall in the middle of that, you know, that pyramid or that that curve, the bell curve. But the reality is, understanding insurance policies. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being it's real easy, and or 10 being it's extremely difficult, and 1, it's real easy, most of us fall into an 8, 9, or 10. They're just they're legal documents. Sure. How do you help someone understand what they have? I mean, you said it, need to read it, know the 16 perils, but you've got to have some way that you walk through with a, with a person, a client, saying, help me, let me show you some of the very, the most important things to see. I think the biggest thing people run into is not that they're incapable of understanding it at all. It's just they haven't spent the time and no one's cared to take the time to explain it to them. Uh, Their current agent made the sale and they kept moving. They said, you're covered. They had that peace of mind and that was great. But uh, one of the things that we want to make sure that we focus on is, are we taking the time for our clients to understand what they're paying for? and what their their policy is covering. That's just as important as as making the sale to us because they want to have that peace of mind that goes with, I understand this and I know what to do next on top of leaning on my agent. That's a great point. If you just tuned in, I'm talking with Shannon Dyson and Dane Williams. When we come back, we're going to find there's a couple of things that some people think is covered, and you're going to find out they're not. And you're going to find out that it can be expensive but it's not covered in your homeowner's insurance. So you need to stay with us because we're going to talk about not talking about flood and earthquake. We're talking about things that, you know, you just need to know about. So Shannon Dyson, Dane Williams, I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to Talk Money. Podcasts for Talk Money are available for iOS mobile devices in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. And welcome back. My guest, Shane 
Shane. <laughs> Combination. Hey, Combo. That's what Shane. Got, you know, you Shannon, both, you Dane, Shane. Lot, right? <laughs> I want to go first one time, though. <laughs> you know, hey, what can I say? It's early. Yeah. Dane Williams and Shannon Dyson are with me. We're talking about homeowners insurance and automobile insurance. If you want to talk to these guys, you need someone to guide you through what you're paying for. Give them a call, 757-5757, because really, I mean, homeowner's insurance, automobile insurance is complicated, and you need somebody you can trust. I can vouch for these guys. They know what they're talking about and know what they're doing. I mentioned earlier, okay, I got a, 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 my, a claim. It's a flood, okay? Is my flood coverage? Well, usually that's pretty simple to understand. Yes or no. Earthquake, yes or no. You either bought the rider that says you can have earthquake coverage or you didn't. But here's something that a lot of people forget is not covered in your insurance policy. Neglect, mold, fungus, wet rot, birds, vermin, rodents, those types of things. If you have a leaky roof and it's due to your negligence or it's due to something else other than damage from a storm or hail or wind, um, that might not be covered by your insurance carrier. And so you need to understand that everything within your home uh, just because it goes bad or something goes wrong is not covered by your homeowners. And then Dane talked about the 16 perils. We try to go through the process and explain that to the clients. Say, hey, these are the things that are covered. Um, let's make sure you understand what is and what is not covered. Now, some people have these additional um, um, uh, cover your refrigerators, cover your you know yeah, washer, dryer. A, a that is not homeowners. No. And so that's something making a distinction as well. You know, I think, guys, that you do a, such a good job because you're walking people through and explaining it. You're taking the time to do that, and that's what I appreciate from a standpoint of watching how we handle our clients and how we develop the relationship with them. But here's the thought for you. In the event that you the person does have a loss that's become one of those 16 perils, I want you to understand that this is critical. Are, what are some of the things when the, all of those losses, are they all settled the same way, Dane? Are they everything come into the same area? Uh, so it's probably best if we go through a little bit of vocabulary here so that we can be on the same page. Uh, the first term that we use in the insurance world is actual cash value. So if you have a, an auto accident, usually they're going to settle that claim actual cash value, meaning they're, they're going to depreciate the vehicle. You've gotten X amount of years of use out of it, uh, so you're not going to get the replacement cost of an entire new vehicle. Uh, the other term that we're going to use is replacement cost value, uh, and this is the way most home claims are settled. Uh, basically, it's going to be whatever it costs for you to get that new item, whether it's a, a new roof or replaced drywall or a new kitchen because you've had a fire, whatever it is to get a new version of that of like kind and quality. That's the way they're going to settle that loss minus your deductible. So making sure your home policy has a replacement cost value provision or RCV is huge because you don't want to have a, a significantly depreciated uh, home in the event that you had a loss like that. So let me make sure I understand that if I've got a roof and I've had that roof, let's say it's got a 20-year value on it, a 20-year roof, and it's 10 years into it. You're saying that, that, that if I have a roof damaged by hail or wind or something, that if I have this Actual cash value, it would only, is that right? Is yeah, that it's, and it can put you in a, in a tough spot. There are a handful of carriers around town that write that. And uh, one of the things you just want to make sure that you have uh, that replacement cost, because if it's a $10,000 roof and you've gotten 75% of the life out of it, 50% of the life out of it, you're starting at 5000 maybe $2,500 on the insurance side of things from the beginning. And then they're going to take your deductible out of it. And they're also not going to cover you unless you get that roof replaced with the, you know, 25% of the actual cost 
uh, fixed. So it's it's a tough spot people get themselves in. All with right, an guys, here's value. the thought. I, I really want this to kind of be our summary. When a person is looking at having to file a claim, this is not easy. Dane, what do you say to the person? How do you help a person who's got to file a claim? What's your what's your initial response to that that issue where somebody's going, I don't know what to do? What would you tell them? I would encourage them to lean on their agent. Um, that, that's the first call to make. We want to be your quarterback. We want to help you um, get to where you're supposed to be. I, I may not be a roofing expert or someone that knows how to fix your car, uh, but I'm going to know where to point you. And, and we want to make sure that we have that conversation first uh, to, to be that counselor, to make sure that you know that you're cared about and that you're going to be covered. And then from there, we're going to guide you to the experts that you need it, that are needed to help rectify the situation. Lean on your agent. All right. That, that to me, is so critical. Shannon, what would be your summary? What would be your take of the same thought? You know, I, I think that just making sure that you have an understanding of the coverages that you have. We, we all are mandated to have auto insurance. Uh, we all are mandated to have homeowner's insurance. Uh, you're paying this every month or every year, year after year after year. Um, the time to find out that you're underinsured is not the time of the claim. You need, to, you need to be checking that regularly so you can figure that out before the claim hits. And that's what we're here to do is just to make sure that we can review your current coverages, um, give you an explanation of what you have and what we believe uh, would make you fully insured, insured to the level that you need to be. And that is not always just a slam dunk. It takes someone who's willing to spend the time. And again, as I said earlier, you got the the bell curve here. Those that fully understand the policy, read it one time, they got it. Those that could read it 100 times, I've fallen in that category and not understand it. And then there's that people that just need somebody to come alongside them and guide them through that. There are people that we talk to that say, I just want just quote the price. I just want to know if I can save money. And we try our best just to pull them a little bit to our side to say, okay, yes, we will quote you a price, but let us tell you a little bit about what these coverages are. You know, I wish we had more time, but we don't. But that's critical. It's not always about price. It is about what you're trying to buy. This is risk management, and that is critical for people to understand. If you'd like to talk to these guys, just give them a call, 757-5757. You know, the reality is uh, you don't want to find out after the claim that you should have paid maybe just a few more dollars than you would have been taken care of. That's so critical. Whether it's an automobile accident or at your home, it is something that you want to protect. But the reality is, as Dane said earlier, you're protecting the big picture. You don't want an insurance claim like this to pull in and take the rest of your assets and pull it down the tube. That's important. I'm Jim Shoemaker. Thanks so much for being a part of today's program. It is always good to have you with us. Thank you for listening. Ah, this is Talk Money. Talk Money is produced by Greg Ratliff. Guest and content coordination, Francis Fortner. Production assistant, Eleanor Moskovitz. Compliance officer, Tommy Armstrong. Mid-South History Moment, Rebecca Brazier and Drew Johnson. We'll see you next week on Talk Money. Jim Shoemaker is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Securian Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. 